welcome to the Catholic Journey. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from the Sacramento Diocese and more specifically from the Marysville, California area and St. Joseph's Parish, the beautiful 165-year-old, I think it's German Gothic style, beautiful church recently renovated, just brilliant stained glass windows that have been restored, the church repainted, and just a wonderful place to be. You can't help but uh, just feel the holiness of the the site uh, when you're there. Well, we just had a wonderful mass. We were able to return back inside. Uh, last weekend. I hope that lasts. Um, you never know with this uh, China virus going around and the pandemic, and we're having more of an influx of cases <clears throat> across the country. And I guess that's expected, though, because it's here. It's almost, you know, it's like a common cold in the sense that it's very contagious. And, um, you know, more the merrier is one thought um, in regards to people getting the virus is the as soon as people can get the virus and get over it, we can have a herd immunity and get back to normal. <clears throat> no, we do not want people to suffer and die, but actually the death rates are going down and down and down, and they're actually very, very uh, small now. I think that has to do with uh, the thought that the virus is potentially getting weaker, and we have better therapeutics, and we understand uh, the virus a lot more than we did in the past. The other good news is, and I think you've probably heard this on the uh your news channels is that uh, they have a vaccine that will be coming out very soon. Uh, I guess the uh, um, efficacy of the vi- of the vaccine they said is at ninety percent. I think a lot of people don't know. You know the uh, the flu shot that's uh, <clears throat> uh, really um, touted as as something we must get every year um, that you should get every year. Um, I have different thoughts about that, but anyway. Um, the uh, efficacy of the flu shot ranges between 30% and 60% effective, meaning that on a good year, um, 60% of the people receive the benefit of the flu shot, um, and uh, and on a bad year, it is only effective in 30% of the people who receive it. A lot of people don't know that. <clears throat> that uh, they think when they get the flu shot, they're not going to get the flu. Um, gosh, on a bad year, you still have a seventy percent chance of getting the flu <laughs> that of, of the of the vaccine not helping you. But uh, anyway, that's not what this is all about today. I wanted to share the good news and the gospel with you, and uh, and um, that's the idea: is that we focus on really our relationship with Christ and our relationship with each other, and how can we can be a f- reflection of God's love to people. And, uh, and that's the purpose. That's the purpose of the Catholic journey is to spread that good news, but also to put it in such a way that is translatable to, um, you know, everyday Joe and everyday Mary. And, and what does that mean for our lives? And it's also an encouraging word, encouraging word for those out there who are trying to live that fervent, faithful life to let you know that you're not alone, that there's th- thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people trying to do the same thing as you often getting lost in the culture that is so anti-Catholic, anti-Christian at times. But, uh, that's what this podcast is about, is, is one way for you to be reattached to people of like mind, like faith, and, uh, and that we can help um, kind of propel each other and guide each other and, uh, and 
um, just help each other through this journey that we're all experiencing. Well, let's jump right in, and, and uh, I'd like to share the gospel from last Sunday. <clears throat> it was from the gospel of Matthew. It's not very long, so um, let me jump right in. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. But the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in to the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that gospel fits into the category as one of the gospels with a parable that um, it can be very confusing. A lot of people don't know what to think, what, what, is, what is being said there, um, what is the message there. And I think this is one that you really need to know in you know the the culture of the time that it was written and if you did if you had some insight into that you'd be able to see a clear message well i was lucky enough to be able to preach this weekend so i put in some time to understand this gospel in a deeper way and to be able to share the message uh with the uh, parishioners and i'd like to share it with you today so let's jump right in in today's gospel Jesus uses an image that might seem a little strange about the practices involving a wedding, but the details would have been easily understood by the people of the time and by those living in Palestine. There were two main stages in a marriage. The first would be the exchange of vows. When this took place, the couple was considered married, but they would continue to live apart for a while, even up to a year, while the husband prepared everything to welcome his wife into his home. It was during this time, for example, that the archangel Gabriel appeared to Mary. She was already wedded to Joseph, but they had not started to live under the same roof. The second stage was when the bridegroom, the husband, would come to the house of the bride to pick her up and to take her to his home. He would be accompanied by all the guests from his side of the family as he went to her home. There he would meet her and all the guests from her side of the family, her bridesmaids and others. Both groups would process back together to his home, and when they arrived, they would celebrate for eight days with all their friends and family. The bridegroom could come at any time to pick up his bride, and so people needed to be ready. But before he would come, he would send out a herald who would announce along the path, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. But the husband himself could come within hours, days, or even up to a week later. He could also come in the middle of the night. As soon as the bridegroom took his bride into his home, the doors would be shut to prevent latecomers from crashing the party. This wedding tradition 
which was universal at Jesus' time, is still found today in certain parts of the Holy Land and Middle East. Jesus used that image as the background to communicate to us how we should be living our life in preparation for the return of Christ, the Bridegroom, at the end of our life or at the end of the world, whichever comes first. And in his message, Jesus contrasts five wise bridesmaids versus five foolish ones, wanting us to imitate the lessons we see in the five wise ones. Corresponding to this message, it isn't a coincidence that November is the month in which the whole church reflects on the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And by this image contained in the parable, Jesus tries to help us prepare well for the first two, death and judgment, so that we may experience the third, heaven, and avoid the fourth, hell. But for this to happen, we need to learn three crucial lessons from the wise virgins. The first lesson is vigilance for the bridegroom's coming. The heralds have already gone out to announce that Jesus is coming. He is already married to his bride, the church, but he's awaiting the time in which he will be able to celebrate with the wedding banquet. That will last not just eight days, but be an eternal eighth day. All of us have been giving an invitation and are members of the wedding party. Jesus wants us there. But we have to be ready to go with him whenever he arrives. And the best way for us to stay alert for the return of the bridegroom is for us to be ready with our hearts burning with love for the presence of the bridegroom. The more we long for Jesus in the Eucharist, the more we will long to a share eternal communion with him. The more we attentively listen to his word in sacred scripture, the more prepared we will be to hear even the softest footsteps of his arrival. The more we seek to recognize him in the persons of each day and love and embrace them as we would love and embrace Christ, the more ready we will be to embrace Christ when he appears without disguise. The second thing Jesus teaches us in the image of the ten bridesmaids is that there are certain things we cannot borrow. Just as the unwise virgins didn't have enough oil for their own lamps, and the image of oil stands for expectant love for the Lord, so we can't borrow anyone else's faith, hope, or love. We need to have our own, otherwise we'll be caught unready and be left outside. I can't count how many times people who aren't faithful to the practice of the faith say when I'm trying to encourage them into greater fidelity, I don't come to Mass, but my wife comes all the time. On other occasions, people who are ineligible to become a godparent because they don't practice the faith have said, but my grandmother is one of the most active parishioners in the parish. Sometimes they'll even try to name drop by saying, but my cousin is a priest. To all of them I explain that there are certain things we cannot borrow, and one of them is another's relationship with the Lord. We can't borrow another's faith. We can't borrow another's expectant hope. We can't borrow another's soul or spiritual life. And for those who are faithful to Christ, there's a lesson here too, that there are certain things we cannot lend to others. While Jesus wants us to give of ourselves to others, 
to share with others freely the gifts He has so lavishly shared with us. There are certain things we cannot give even to those that we love. There are certain things that they must do for themselves. One is to develop this relationship with the Lord, this eager, expectant, vigilant, faithful love for God. Those who think that they can borrow another's relationship with the Lord, especially at the time of judgment, are indeed foolish, as Jesus says about the unwise bridesmaids. And finally, there is a third lesson, that there is a time that can be too late. The unwise virgins were caught off guard. They couldn't borrow oil, so they had to try to obtain some on their own, but they missed the bridegroom and were locked out. They knocked on the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But then he replied with the words that I think are the saddest and most frightening in all of sacred scripture. Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. For the Lord to know us, for us to be on time for the wedding banquet, we have to spend our time getting to know him intimately, as a friend, as a savior, as God. Many of us often put off the most important thing in life, which is to make God number one in our lives. We allow the devil to deceive us by saying, No hurry, there's always time. We allow the devil to insinuate that we can behave like the good thief, commit our sins, do our own thing in this life, and that the Lord Jesus will give us a chance at the end to say one prayer and everything will work out. If we were to think that, we would be as foolish as the foolish virgins in the parable. Jesus tells us that there will be a time when there will be no time left. There will be a time when the door will be shut. All of us know people who have died unexpectedly, even young people. Even the healthiest person in the church could die today. The Lord in today's gospel tells us that the wise among us will always be prepared. The moral he gives us at the end of today's parable is crystal clear. Keep awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. To be awake means never to be asleep to God, but always to be alert, full of love, waiting for his return. Three important lessons. Be vigilant. Develop your own relationship with Christ, and do not procrastinate. This Mass is meant to help us with each of the three. If we are truly ready to meet the Lord each week, with our souls cleansed from serious sin by the use of regular confession, with our hearts hungering for Him, and with the Lord Himself, the light of the world burning inside of us, will never be caught off guard whether he comes today, tomorrow, or ninety years from now. Our reaction to what we have heard today and to the tremendous gift that is the Mass will determine whether in the final analysis we are deemed to be foolish or wise. Our reaction to what we have heard here today will determine in the final analysis if we are deemed to be foolish or wise. Let us all heed Christ's warning and ensure that through our actions we will be considered the wise. 
Well, that's a reflection. That's a reflection on the gospel. And I hope, uh, I hope it resonates with you to think about life a little bit. You know, we just had this election. I guess the election, it's still going on. It's going on and going on and going on. Uh, It's like Groundhog's Day, I guess. No, not really. But anyway, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. You know, I guess Biden's uh, looks like he's winning, but there's all kinds of lawsuits and there's allegations of fraud. And we don't really know what happened. And we do know that I think... I think there's a certain deadline sometime in December where there has to be um, some resolution. So we'll know we'll know at least sometime this year who our next president's going to be. But you know what? We can get so pulled into that, especially if you watch the news. You can get so pulled into the minutia and, and the rhetoric and all of that. But you know what? There's a bigger there's 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 a there's a bigger message. There's a bigger goal there's something much greater for us to strive towards. And that's what this reflection was about today. Please don't get pulled into really the things of the world to the point that we lose our focus and our gaze on eternal life. And please don't procrastinate. Start today. Start today with reuniting yourself with God and your relationship, your intimacy. Spend time with Him each day. Talk to Him and listen in the quiet of your heart. Listen to how he's going to talk to you, how he can talk to you, and how he can change your life. These things of the world can be a distraction, and woe to the person who follows those who can steal your soul. Please think about your relationship with Christ. And if you're Catholic, if you're Catholic, please do not minimize or avoid that great sacrament of healing, that sacrament of confession reconciliation that will unite you into God's love and God's grace and God's grasp in your life. It's easy. All these parishes have confessions, usually on Saturdays. Um, Just show up. Or uh, if who knows what's going on with some of these churches being open or closed, depending on the county that they're in, but you can always call a priest and ask for confession. That's one of the most serious parts of their job, and they take it seriously, and they want to reunite you towards uh, our Savior and our God. Well, anyway, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for taking the time to listen to The Catholic Journey. Thanks for being a, a person of faith, a person of goodwill. And um, I look forward to talking to you again next week. God bless you and may God forever keep you. Goodbye.